Bonjour and hello everyone. Welcome to Queer French Farmhouse, the podcast about being queer as an expat, living in France and renovating a house or, in my case, half a chateau. Welcome back to another episode of Queer French Farmhouse. I thought today I'm gonna take you on a little walk. I'm on a walk uh, with my dog Anita and we're doing an, an afternoon round. We're walking around the lake that is right on the end of my street, which is so beautiful. And it's quite a warm day and um, I hope you can all hear me well because I'm recording this on my phone this time. I just started recording actually and then somebody just crossed my path and I was like, okay, that's kind of weird like talking to my phone like this. So let's see if we can do the first half walking and if it's going to be understandable or not. So today I thought we would speak about queer love in France and queer love in the French rural area like I am living in. So um, France has legalized gay marriage way before, like for example, Germany. I think Germany did it in 2018. I think France was even faster than that. I will have to like check again, check the facts again. But generally, I think it was 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been longer than Germany. And I think like other countries, I mean, some countries don't have legal gay marriage. So, um, yeah. And I think in big cities, usually, it's quite common and you can feel quite safe in France, just like in Germany. I mean, there will always be idiots. I've had enough of those experiences in Germany, but um, in rural areas, it's a bit of a different thing. And I do think that everywhere, like around the world, rural areas are a bit more problematic for queer people, or they seem more problematic. To my surprise, actually, like people surrounding me in this area here have been very open-minded, have been very welcoming, and yeah, I think I think I did tell in my introduction when we start when I started the podcast that uh, somebody saw my boyfriend and me kissing <laughs> outside the village in another village on one of the streets, and then rumors like were going around and like. You know, uh, that he was kissing another man and things like this and because people weren't sure about his sexuality and um, so yeah things got and then like but people were very accepting like and then kind of made it all clear and we said like yes we're together and we love each other and uh, yeah people were really accepting I think and people really do mind their own business here, I have to say, rather than actually like, you know, usually people are very nosy. And yes, I mean, rumors travel like a fire here. I mean, we are after all in the rural area where there's gossip and there's talk and everything. 
And I think you will also have that in a city, but in a different kind of way, maybe more amongst friends or like friendly groups. Here, well, I would say you're kind of forced to stay with the people or you're kind of like forced in with this bunch of people, which is actually not so bad, I have to say. Um, uh, I was quite surprised. And actually then we just attended our first evening at the local bar together, <laughs> which was quite the thing. It's like I felt very odd and I felt like people might be judging me, especially me, because I'm not French. I, I just came here. Like I'm the only person who's like non-British as well in this context, in this area, in my little village. I mean, there's like, yeah, there's Belgian people, but they're moving out, but um, there's no one German, certainly no one Polish. And so I think I already like stuck out there. Um, so I was a bit reluctant about going actually, and I was quite anxious getting into that setting and especially because also I'm vegan. So <laughs> I, it was an evening of, um, of, uh, mussels and fries. So I attended that evening at the end after dinner was served because I eat the fries, but I do not eat the mussels. So, <laughs> Uh, I had dinner at home and then went over to the bar and yeah, I was, I have to say I was quite, yeah, very anxious and nervous getting into that because I was the last one arriving and I have, I have a bit of social anxiety oh, and you would not think that of me, but I think if I'm surrounded by an unfamiliar kind of situation and I can't really like define it for myself I get very anxious and very scared what people might do even or what people might say or people might make fun and I do know that it's all ego related and I do think that we can all relate to it somehow it, it feels a bit like your first day at school all over again so yeah Oh well, so I went in there, did it, and I was greeted warmly, and actually I spent a really lovely evening, I mean, drinking a tad too much in the end, but I mean, I, I don't know, I felt like really people, people weren't judging, people were quite normal about it. And I, it actually makes me sad to say, people were normal about it because it is normal and it is nothing out of the ordinary to live your sexuality. But in that context, you're always a bit like on edge. You never know for sure how people might react, you know? But we were there, we were cuddling, we were like, we were not fully making out, I mean, sure. <laughs> but it felt like there was the, it was a safe space. And that's what I found like, really astonishing. I'm not sure if I would feel as safe, excuse me, in a rural context in Germany. And so I think I was taken quite by surprise at how lovingly 
people are. And I think, I think it's also got to do with if people can know you, or I mean, I think uh, we also have this bonus that my boyfriend helps everyone in the village. He's the loveliest person. He does everything for everyone. So I think he has a very high status and people think very highly of him. So I think that's also changes all our situation, like us two being together and people respect him, you know? And I would, uh, I'm asking myself how it would be if people weren't so respectful towards him or us. If that would kind of change the whole perspective on our relationship and on our sex sexuality. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the first part that kind of triggered this, this episode that I wanted to talk about. And I think it's getting really windy here outside. And I think I want to take it inside and give you some more facts actually that I can research and tell you about. And then I'll see you straight after my little break and we'll continue this podcast inside. Before we go in on inside, I would like to remind you that my B&B is open for booking. So if you're ever close to France or you want to spend a few days or a week in France or just like discover the Southwest, you're very welcome to come and stay with me. You'll find all my details in the show notes and you can book and you can find me on Airbnb, on Veg Visits and Mr. B&B. My prices range from 50 to about 120 euros a night. That includes like two people and food. So um, yeah, if you'd like to consider that, check, my, uh, check out my website and you'll find all the booking links there. And you'll also find all the retreats there that I'll be giving. There will be some in English, some in German. So um, yeah, have a look at that. And thank you very much for listening that much. So, we're back inside. That was getting quite windy, wasn't it? Um, I actually did a bit of research because I said I didn't know when same-sex marriage was legalized in France. And it's been legal since the 18th of May 2013. It was the 13th country worldwide to allow same-sex couples to marry. And uh, so, yeah, it, it is a big thing. And I think like back then it was even a referendum to go against it or people wanting to like revoke those rights and um, protect, protect, I say, um, the family, like the right wing always puts it. Um, but we're not taking away anything from any family. It's just that we get basic human rights. <laughs> and I think since we're all humans, we should be considered that as well. So yeah, but enough politics. Um, so let's go back to actually like how it is to be queer in this rural context or in a more rural area here in France. And I told you one example that just recently happened to me and I was very positively surprised. And actually, like, following that, we had an invitation for dinner at someone's place, a French uh, lady who's very very lovely and there were like two other french ladies there and the owner of the bar 
and um, so all women, some of them also supporting right-wing ideas. I mean, you have to understand that we're in a very like countryside, rural area where people do vote a lot of right-wing, but that doesn't mean their place is in a their heart is in a wrong place. And it might be hard to understand this ambiguity, but um, and it was really hard for me in the beginning to understand this, moving from a city where, like you know, like people were either liberal or very kind of left wing because you see problems differently, and I say this quote unquote <clears throat> people think they're educated or they are educated a bit more i'm i'm always kind of reluctant to say this because i don't want to sound like a prick because i do find there's like education and education and i do find that it's much more important to be emotionally intelligent than intelligent because that is the intelligence that we need to interact with one another and to actually be emotionally mature because you can be very and very immature person even though intellectually you know a lot of things and you're very intelligent but it doesn't make you intelligent in a social context and it doesn't make you put this intelligence into use basically because of it so well that's my five pence on it and probably everybody thinks differently about it and this is absolutely fair and absolutely all right so yeah i think i think there's there's like this ambiguity of all these really nice people and actually like voting right wing but um yeah i think i think they see they are a bit easier to be persuaded because there's more problems here there's, there's more other like crucial problems i would say than in the city in, in the countryside it's more about survival i would say without sounding too harsh or without sounding too much like oh it's us people living in the countryside it's all about survival because no it's not but i think people really do kind of um yeah have other standards of life also considering that Charente is one of the poorest areas of the country so there's people who don't have a lot of money um that live here so i think i think it's also really easy to blame then other people for that so yeah that's my like short excursion into trying to explain like uh, political movements here um but yeah going back to that evening it was it was just really nice and was just really i was i wasn't like reluctant or i wasn't scared that being a couple and them knowing us being a couple would would be strange but then again it's like you never know and but the they were also lovely and it was also like and there again i am saying it it was also normal um because sometimes i'm astonished by it because i don't expect that i didn't expect that from people and also like going to for example we've been to angoulême my boyfriend and me so just for you a little backstory angoulême is the 
main uh, or it's the capital of Charente. So France is divided, like I said once already, in uh, different departments. They're similar to states in the United States, but they, since uh, since France is a centralized country, they don't act as independently as states would or states in Germany would. So um, uh, the capital of the Département de la Charente is where I live, is Angoulême. Angoulême is a beautiful city. It's it's the city of comics, actually, um, because it's where the inventor of Asterix et Obelix is from. And there's a big comic museum, there's a big comic convention every year in uh, Angoulême. And it's it's just like a really beautiful city, right by the Charente. Charente is also a river. Most departments are named by the rivers, by the main rivers flowing through them. So it's right by the river, and it's set on a hill. And it, the old town is all there, and it's just such a gorgeous city. So beautiful to walk through. It has like this really light white limestone buildings everywhere with beautiful carvings and just like if you ever get to see it or if you ever get to like go there go visit Angoulême then you should definitely do that it's two and a half hours um, by train from um, Paris do not take the car (laughs) driving in Angoulême is horrible and if you can avoid it do that and (laughs) speaking from a lot of experience here um I do go to Angoulême almost weekly with the car because uh, you can just like get a lot of stuff there like grocery wise and especially vegan options and tofus and things like this so um yeah but but going back to the main topic of this podcast is um that we can stroll like I never felt like we couldn't stroll through Angoulême or go to places and um, not be or be afraid you know it's like I never felt like I I couldn't like touch my boyfriend's hand or I couldn't like just like go through his hair or like touch him in public you know like just like hold his hand hold his arm you know Um, which yeah, it's also like a bit like people. People are, I think, by far you don't you don't see many same sex couples on the streets. I would say, um, but you do not get any sign of hatred. Maybe also like, and that's another thing. That's another factor that probably changes a lot is because we speak a combination of English and French with one another. So it's like. My French isn't amazing. I mean, I'm really trying, and I I, I can speak French. I can uh, I can have a conversation with someone, um, but yeah, I resort to English because English. I'm just like it's the it's the language I'm very comfortable in. Just just like German, so um, so yeah. So we speak like a mixture of like English and French, or sometimes just English so I think it's also like that we might be mistaken for tourists mistaken for tourists sounds so pretentious but no like like because people think we we're, we're tourists you know and then they're like oh the tourists you know the the, the gay couple tourists I don't know maybe that's also count counts in you know if you if you kind of like yeah people see you with different eyes because 
it's like we're not one of them. I don't know if it makes sense, but um, there that's just a thought that just popped into my mind. So, um, yeah, as a conclusion, I can say that France has been very welcoming and very open. I mean, I've also worked in Paris and I've never, like, accounted hatred in Paris. Um, which I guess also depends on, like, it always depends on the context and the areas you're moving around as well, anywhere in the world. I mean, take anything, take being a woman, a, you know, it's just like, I think the context always changes, like, in whichever, like, context you put yourself in, you know, it's like in which areas you go, how, how you behave, like, all these kinds of things. Yes, truly, I will totally agree that it's problematic anywhere and that we do need to still like a lot of stuff to change but all in all I have to say I feel very welcome and very good here in rural France and um, I would only recommend for anyone wanting or considering to move here or considering to do their vacation here as a queer couple that um you'll probably encounter close to no problems. And especially at my place. <laughs> okay, I'll stop, I'll stop doing the advertisement for my place and um, I'm letting you go into the weekend or into your day, wherever you're listening. Thank you very much for listening. Um, follow the podcast, that will help me a lot. Spread the word about the podcast as well. It, it also helps me. And yeah, don't miss um, my YouTube channel, for example. My YouTube channel, I air Thursday night and uh, Sunday midday. Uh, Thursday is a German video and Sunday is an American or American is an English video. Um, And um, it's a mini-series, the English uh, videos, uh, and they're called Chotto Summer Vacation. And it's a bit like about all the things that you can do. It's a bit more daily vlog, more personal. So check it out. And if you like it, then subscribe to my channel and leave a like. And you'll also find more of me on Instagram, where you can find me as le underscore demi underscore chateau. And yeah, thank you very much for listening again and um, stay healthy and beautiful and I will talk to you next week again. Until then, I say bisous de la sud-ouest and um, à bientôt et au revoir.